Tonight, tonight we want to talk about something that I'm sure everyone in this room has wondered at some point. What is God's will for my life? What is the will of God? Anyone ever wondered that? Wonder what God has for you? What he has in store for you? You may think of a child for a second. How many of y'all have any baby brother or sister? Alright. If you know anything about a little child, they always consult their parent or you to find out what they should do, right? They don't want to do it on their own, right? They always say, you know, so and so, would you help me this? Show me what you want me to do. Show me this thing. Show me that thing. You know, it keeps on going, you know. They want to ask you because they know you're older, they think you're wiser. So they want to know, well, what do you think? <laughs> Believers are just like children. As we begin our spiritual journey, we always have these questions. We wonder, what is next? What do we do next? What, what is our purpose in life? Where does God have us? What is his will for my life? You know, one thing that's very good about a, a new Christian uh, is that when you see a new Christian, they're on fire for the Lord. You ever met someone who was like, when they became saved, they were like, you know what? I'm ready to do everything. I'm ready to go to a mission trip. I'm ready to go win my school for the Lord. I'm ready to do all these things. But then the fire goes up. Anyone ever seen anyone like that? Anyone ever experienced that? Anyone say, that's you? You know, the problem for us is the reason why we get like this is because when we're in that realm, when we're in that, that whole, I'm on fire for God, we stay connected to God. But what happens normally is this, is that when we become a Christian and when we, you know, been going, being a Christian for a little while, it seems dead. It seems like, yeah, this is boring. Oh, what else should I do? You see, that's the problem that we all face. Because we want to know the will of God for our lives, but we don't stay connected to God. So how can we know what God has for us? But bring us to three words we want to look at tonight. Sovereignty. God's sovereignty. We talked about it in, that, in Oceans the last time we sang. But this means, we've heard this probably in church, what is God's sovereignty? God's sovereignty is God's supreme authority and rule of his creation. Basically, that means that God is in control of everything. He is in charge. He's in charge. He's in control of all things. There's nothing that he's not in control of. Well, this is what he's saying. The evil that happened in this world, God's in control of that? Yes. He allows it to happen. God is sovereign. He's in control. We don't understand all the things that God does. But we have to trust Him and know that He has a purpose in our lives. Second word is God's will. His desire plans for our lives and creation. This is what all of us in this room probably want. God, what is my what is your will for my life? Some of you are getting ready to graduate from high school, some of you are already graduated, and you may be wondering, God, what do you have for me? I feel like, I just don't know. I don't know what your will is. And we would kind of wish that a letter would just drop from heaven to us and say, 
this is what I want you to do, but it doesn't work that way. We will look a little bit later into how we can know God's work for our lives. The third thing is sanctification. This is the work of the Holy Spirit to make believers more like the Lord Jesus Christ. And you see, this is what happens in our lives. As believers, when we get on that first initial, as we say, we get converted, the, the start of sanctification is for the start. We are supposed to desire to want to know God more. And let me just challenge you this tonight. If you are a born-again believer and you say, I don't want to know no more about God, I would say you're not a born-again believer. Even you should always want to know more about God. You should always have a desire to become more like Him. Does that mean that we're perfect? No, it doesn't. Do we sometimes get in these little times of our lives when we feel like, and you know, I, I just don't know, I'm bored, I, I just, we have it. But this is a process, and this is, why is it very important? Because you may be a person who's only been saved for a week, you may see a person who's saved for 20 years, and we're all in this sanctification, the process of sanctification. Because in our lives, we want to become like Christ every day. That's what we're supposed to be like. You know, for us, a lot of times, we want to be somebody else. If I had to say tonight, who want to be a famous actor or a famous basketball star, whatever, what, we, what do we do? We try to practice, we emulate them. We, you know, there's a video that's online that we can see how Kobe Bryant emulated Jordan. He imitated everything, almost everything he did. Just like Jordan imitated Dr. J. It goes on and on. Because you know why? They see things they like. They see things they want to be like. Who can remember the 1990s? Y'all don't know about it, but of course I know. The big song back in the day was Like Mike. Sometimes I dream that he is me. Got to see that's how I dream to be. Like 
you know, for a lot of times, like I said, we have confusion in our lives and we wonder what's going to happen. What is God's will? Some say it's about making decisions. Some say it's about who you will marry or where you will live or big important things like that. Some say it's about the Bible. Others say it's about being happy. Is there a way for a Christian to know what God's will is and to please God? And the answer is yes. There is a way for us as believers to know what God's will is for our lives. And we see this as we think about God's word, we think about the spirit. If we're not connected to God's word, if we're not studying God's word, how can we know God's will for our lives? You see, we have to be plugged in. And you know, for a lot of us in this room, Quiet time is something that we all struggle with. Spending time with God. How can I know what God wants in my life if I don't spend time with Him? How can I know what God wants me if I don't even give Him a thought? And yeah, there's someone you can. I can't know what God wants me if I don't even want to know, read God's Word and know more about Him. There's no way. And tonight we want to do a little quiz thinking about this. You know, last week we had those true and false, and you have them in your books, if you have your books. And the first statement is this. God's will extends to all circumstances, for all things, for all times. But you said that's true or false? True. 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 Who says true? Who says false? Everybody's right. It is true. Daniel 4.35 says, all the inhabitants of the earth are counted as nothing, and he does according to his will among the hosts of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay, his, stay, stay to his hand and say to him, what have you done? No one can, because God is in control. God is sovereign over everything. Here it is. Daniel's talking to King Nebuchadnezzar, and he recognizes, look, you are in control, God. You know everything. We cannot... Fathom God's sovereignty. You know, like I said, God allows evil to come into this world. You think, you think at the beginning, but Adam and Eve, God could have just canceled, like just knocked off Eve and said, All right, it was a mistake. I don't want you to sin. Do you think God could have done that? He could have. He could have stopped it, right? But it's all part of God's plan, it's all a part of His will, it's all a part of His sovereignty. He allows that to happen. But we have to understand that he is in control. The second one is this. God's will is hidden from believers and is not easily discerned. How many of y'all say that is true? How many of y'all say it's false? God's will is hidden from believers and is not easily discerned. But don't you just wish that it would just be shown to you like right away, like you would just um, would just show up. Acts twenty two fourteen says this, and he said, "The God of our Father appointed you to know His will, to see the righteous one, and to hear a voice from His mouth." Colossians one nine says, "And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding." So if you said it was false, you were right because what did it say? Go back, go back out. And he said that God of your Father appointed you to what? Know his will. He wants you to know his, know his will for your life. He wants you to not question it. He wants you to know. But the only thing is, how do we know? 
But we gotta spend time and we gotta ask him. We gotta be prayer about it. Let me put it when you want to make a big decision, what do you normally do? Ask someone or what? Right, right? Don't let people pray. That's what we want to go to God when all else fails and we want to, you know. And this is why it's an important to be connected all the time. You see, as we think of the whole, we think of Paul's conversion. When we think of Paul, and this is, the Acts 22 is talking with Paul in his testimony. But Paul is telling him, look, I was a man who killed Christians. I was a man who did all these things. But that wasn't God's will for my life. God's will was to, for me to go out and preach the gospel. That's what he wanted me to do. He wanted me to share. He wanted me to be connected to him. And you know what? I think sometimes we need that Paul vision. We need that road to Damascus vision. We need God just to slap us. We need him to wake us up. Because I think sometimes we get so comfortable in our Christian walk, we get so comfortable and we think, oh well, I go to church, I go to youth group, you know, I do these things that we don't even experience a relationship with God anymore. We, the intimate relationship. It's just become the thing that we do. It's the added things. You see, there are many places around the world that they can't do what we're doing right now. They gotta worry about someone coming through our room right now and shooting us all dead. Because we have worshiping God. We don't have that yet. But yet, yet, we're not connected. Not connected to God. The third statement is when it comes to discovering God's will, I am on my own. True or false? Oh, okay. Romans 8, 26 to 27 says this. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings the deeper. Let me stop there. How many of you have ever been in a prayer and you have no idea what to pray for? You're just like talking words, and you're just like, uh, Dear Lord, I thank you for this day. Uh, and all of a sudden, bam, all these things come to your mind. It's called the Spirit. The Holy Spirit. You know, I can I, I think of times when prayer sometimes is, you know, and my wife, she will tell she will say this about, you know, sometimes when I, when we used to pray, we pray to go to bed, and she said, You said the same thing over and over. It's like a, you know, you ready have an all pot. Just like when we eat. I don't know what y'all's prayer was, I don't know, girl. God is good. Alright. It's like there's nothing behind that. It's like, we just repeat these words. You know, um, you know, I remember growing up and thinking of those times when, repeat this after me. And I'm going to tell you what really, I, you know what really annoys me? I, I dislike strongly to go to any school function, and especially with a high school function. I can see a primary school, whatever. So in a high school function, when you see the kid get it from the teacher to pray or to read, and, 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 just, and just stand there and read the prayer. I'm like, really? Especially when you know that that kid has no idea the words he just said. He don't know the meaning of them. But because, or she, but because the teacher gave it and he can read it. Do you think that anything comes from that? No. The Spirit isn't really in that. 
It's just me repeating something. You know, God gives us, again, as we think of, and he who searches the hearts, knows what is the mind of spirit, because the spirit and the seeds of the saints have gone to the will of God. Only one person can see your heart, right? Except you go to the doctor. But only one person can truly see what's inside your heart. That's God. He knows you. He knows you back in front. He knows everything about you. He knows when you're fake, a phony. He knows when you're being real. He knows you. He will intercede. The Spirit will intercede on our behalf. Psalms 119.105 Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. So how do we know God's will? We have to know because we have to look at the path. His word is our path. His word shows us the things in our lives. His word shows us every single thing that we need to know. If there's one book that you cannot live without, is this. Because this is the guide to life. This shows you every single thing that you need to know. But yet, yet, it's a struggle for us to spend time in this book. You know, if I had to ask you in this room tonight and said this, who, if you knew the cure for cancer or AIDS, would you hide it from people? You would say, absolutely, you know, you would not, you would not hide it. Or you would say, I will make a little bunch of money from it. But you see, we are the cure to life. Because we are the book. We are the book that shows everything about life. This breathes life into us. Without this, we have no hope. You know, for us, we, we just so many times just lack, you know, even thinking about this. So as we get to, we, we didn't get the right to Yeah. All right, anyway, when it comes to discovering God's will, I am on my own. We know that's false. We cannot do it on our own. There's no way. Another verse I want to think of, as we think of, of Romans 12, 1 and 2, and that's not on there, but a verse that came to my mind. We have to be a living sacrifice. Letting God transform our minds. God has to do the work, not us. I can't do nothing, but it's God who does it. Fourthly, when I feel at peace within myself, I must be in the will of God. Jonah 1, 5 to 6. What do you say? True or false? Go back. I agree. That's my fault. What do you say? When I feel at peace within myself, I must be in the will of God. True or false? Who says false? Who says true? Who says true? If I have peace. Of the hard one to answer, right? Who says false? All right. So we'll see what exactly what it says. Then the, mar the marinas, marinas, sorry, marinas were afraid, and each cried out to his god. And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down the inner part of the ship and laid down fast asleep. So the captain came to him and said, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. We know the story of Jonah. Jonah decides, you know what? I'm not going to listen to what God has to say. I'm going to go do my own thing. What happens here? He's what? Down, down the bottom of the boat. Everyone up in the top of the boat 
you know, wondering what in the world going on. What are we to do? Jonah down to sleep. How many of you just want to stop Jonah? If you knew Jonah down in that day, you want to stop and say, hey, wake up. Let's go, buddy. What are you waiting for? At this time, Jonah had peace. He was like, sleep, knocked out. So what does that tell you about the answer to this question? Is what? Every type of peace is not a good peace. You know, there's many times that people have peace and they think that, oh, that's the peace that I need. You see, we have to be careful that we don't go on our feelings. And this would happen a lot of time in our Christian walk. People go on feelings. People come and think they have a relationship with Jesus because of feelings. Well, my friend went up, so I went up. Oh, I just felt the presence of the Lord right over me tonight. I just felt everything about me tonight. The Lord was in here tonight. I just felt this feeling. Oh, feeling. You know, that's the problem that we have. People are all about emotions. And I'm going to tell you the truth. Me, I'm not, a, I'm not a speaker to try to scare anyone into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you know what? I feel like i got to pay for that. Because the Bible tells me as a person that handles the word of God, we will have to, you know, because people, I, I get, let me tell you something, you can get any kid, I get on any child that comes to an altar, they get to know Christ the Savior, or think they know. All I got to do is get a barrel of beer, put that on fire, and say, who don't want to go to hell? Now put your finger in the bin over here, don't want to go to heaven. And they'll think, oh, I have a relationship with Jesus Christ now. You know, sad that people actually do that. And they give people a false hope. They give people a false peace. And that's what happened with Jonah. Jonah thought, you know what? I got peace. Everything is good right now. It's fine, man. I'm down here sleeping. But we see what happens. You see, we got to be careful with our feelings. We got to be very careful. The fifth statement is this. If I am consistently walking intimately with God, I can follow my heart and do what I want and be in God's will. True or false? Is that true or false? Who says false? Who says true? Psalm 37, 4 says this. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Which means, look, if I'm connected to the power source, I'm going to find out what the will of God is. If I'm connected with God, I'm going to find it out. This isn't that false peace I just talked about. This is real me being intimately with God. Spending time with him. Not just a church thing. Not just a, alright, well, I got to do this because I'm supposed to. No, this is the real intimately spending time with God. He will give you the desires of your life. This is how we find out the will of God for our life. We've got to be connected. Let me ask a question. What good is me plugging in uh, uh, plug into an outlet, but there's no power in that building? What good is that? Is it any good? No. What do you say that? What do you call me quite an idiot? You think that there's power? Hello? Easy enough to know thing I'm getting, you just plug the thing and it's not gonna work. How many of you ever done that when you know the power just went off and you know the power went off and you just did the switch? 
Yeah, you turn the light on and we know the power's off. Anyone ever done that? And you act like, uh, what happened? And you realize, yeah, the power's off. See, that's what happens to us. We're just like that. How can we find a will of God realize that we're not connected to God? We can't. It is nothing else, I'm sure this creates a race of questions in your mind. Maybe you never thought about what God intends for your life. Maybe you are on the other side where you have thought about it and you are interested in having a better understanding of God's will for your life. And the Bible gives us enough information to conclude what the will of God is for our lives at all times. You see, we don't need to do like how a lot of people do. We get a coin and say, you know, God, do you want me to do this? Heads suggest, tails no, no. Well, you know those things where we, I'm probably showing my age, I don't know, they have a cubic ball, but um, you see a little younger, you used to shake it and say, should I do this? Yes, no. You know, I mean, I'll have one now. I'm not that old, so I don't feel the old now. I didn't know they stopped me, but you know they shake it like, yes, no, you know. Should I like this boy or girl? Yes. <laughs> and I and like I said, no, do you really like him? Shake that, no, I told you yes! You know, you shake that, yes. You know, no. You see, we always want, that's it. At the end of the day, if we're all honest with ourselves, we are selfish people. Because God's will for our lives may not be what, I, what we want for our lives. And I can guarantee it probably is not what God wants for our lives. You know, think of your relationships. Think of the things that you're involved in. You know, it's, it's so easy to know that God would not want you to do that. How do we apply this to our lives? Well, God is interested and involved in what is going on here on earth. And he controls the outcomes, Proverbs 16 33. He is worried about us. The lot is the lot is cast into a lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. Again, as we know of, of casting lots for the big thing in, in the Bible. It's not just a chance, but it's not, it's the truth. It's what God has for us. Thirdly, in addition to knowing the will of God, believers are also to understand the will of God. You see, we are not just supposed to know. And think, oh yeah, all right, I know, you know, I think this is the will of God. We have to know the will of God. Fourthly, discovering God's will starts with surrendering control of one's life to God. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present you by the living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. What is better than the will of God? You see, we can't know the will of God if we're not in the will of God. If we don't have a general relationship with God. There's no way of knowing that. Unless we're tr truly a living sacrifice. Truly devoted to Him. God's will is sanctification. Of the process that I talked about, we are in a process of becoming more like Him. First Thessalonians 4 3 says, But this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. And the list goes on. You see, this is how we know the will of God. And the last one, God's will for every believer is to live in the boundary of his will. And within those boundaries, you are free to choose. God's will is for every believer to live. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you desires in your heart. You see, 
Again, this is where it becomes a little tricky for us. Because God is sovereign. He knows the decisions you're going to make. He knows everything about you. But he still allows you to make those decisions. See, it doesn't make sense. He knows. God knows. He knew you were going to get in that car. He knew you were going to do this. But he still allows us to make the decisions. And the question for us tonight is this. Are we going to stay plugged into him to know his will for our lives? Or are we just going to say, you know what, God, I want to know your will for my life. But I really don't care about anything. I just want you to tell me what to do. I don't worry about reading your Bible. I don't worry about going to church. I don't worry about anything else. I just want you to tell me. Send me a letter from heaven, please. Trumpet. We wish, we, we wish God was like that magic April. But he's not. We have work to do. We have to process the sanctification that we are a part of. To become like who? Like him. So I challenge you tonight, wherever you are in your walk of Christ, are you growing? Are you growing? You know, we look at we look at a baby, and if the baby isn't growing, we always say, "What? Well, something is wrong with them." What about a believer? You just accept it. Oh well, I got my fire insurance. I'm going to hell, so I, I straight. You see, God wants us to grow in Him, become more like Him. Every year, every day, we should be changing to become more like Him. We can never get there. So I challenge you: talk to your leaders, talk to me. And if you don't know Christ your Savior, come to relationship with Him, because you're only fooling yourself. You're only fooling me. You're only fooling your leaders. Just fooling yourself. Because God knows. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for all that you've done. And we pray that you continue to be honored in all that, that we do. Pray, Father, you just be with us as we just go in our small group time. And Father, I just thank you from your love. In Jesus' name. Amen.